Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. And thank you to patrons, including new patron Tony Miles, as well as everyone joining us live in our live Discord room, including Al Struthers, Andy H, Camille M, KV, Luke, Nick Gassman, Pangolin Sandwich. And you can join them and get access to our Patreon-exclusive weekly sister show as well, Extra Message, by going to patreon.com forward slash UK tech well we're not going to spend too much time today talking about the coronavirus but also given the fact that all news right now is centered around it a little bit is inevitable so we're going to start off with something that is sort of to do with that and that is that if you use as i know you do in food delivery apps like deliveroo in the uk you may soon notice a new kind of delivery option that tells the person who drops off your meal that you don't want to see them and you certainly don't want them touching your door handles or your body parts. Uh, I was writing about this actually at Bloomberg this week with a colleague of mine, Natalia Drozdiak. I'd had a a tip that Deliveroo was going to add this option for a so-called no-contact drop-off as soon as next week. Uh, it's, 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 It's a move, obviously, to help people feel more comfortable ordering food by Jove. Uh, that still requires a uh, a living, breathing human to bring it to your doorstep. And I can sort of see, I can see the logic. It's not just delivery either. Takeaway.com has started giving this option. Uber Eats told me actually it's been working on building this option uh, for a little while, but for quite a long time, its users have been able to like leave a note uh, and ask for their food to be left at the door. It's been a bit of a manual process, but they're, they're working on automating that i had an email from uh, just eat last week actually uh saying contactless delivery is now available uh please le- just, just you just use the comment box basically there's no there's no tech behind this it's just please leave my food on my doorstep and ring the bell to let me know it's delivered um so it's it's not a particularly magnificent solution but i suppose the restaurants will all have been briefed that it's a possibility the only problem is that when I order food, it tends to go to the wrong house. Uh, I've done it a couple of times recently where I've ordered things and there's been a lost delivery driver having to give me a call and uh, find out exactly where uh, the flat door is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't see... I, it, it all helps, doesn't it? I mean, I, th- I wonder if this is more of a protection for drivers than it is for customers, actually. there is. A, I, I did actually want another view on this. I spoke to somebody at the Independent Workers' Union of Great Britain um, and one of the people I spoke to there had raised the issue... Um, uh, when I was telling them that, that delivery was only going to do this in a way that benefited customers and not riders, and why they, you know they said why can't riders elect not to exchange in person with a customer? Why is this a, a consumer only thing? Which is what I think you were getting at just yeah. then. Which is I, I thought it's a great point. So I went back to a contact of mine at delivery who told me that actually when this is rolled out, riders will be able to choose a contactless drop off as well. So it's not just in the hands. Right. Sorry. Sorry for the pun there of people who 
place an order. It's going to be, for, for delivery at least, it's going to be a customer and rider elected option. So you might find that you get a notification in the app that says your food will be left on your doorstep. Yes, exactly. Assuming, of course, they can find it, as I just pointed out. That's a separate issue. I mean, that is, that's a problem that you will have to deal with regardless of whether you're suffering from a viral infection or not no true but it's a lot harder when you don't actually see them like i can talk to them on the phone sure that's no problem but what tends to usually happen is i pop outside uh, and flag them down uh i mean i suppose i could still do that and then just sort of shut the door and let them put it on the doorstep and then open the door and pick up the food so you're saying the problem is if they elect to leave it on the doorstep then it's going to make it harder for you because they leave on they leave it on the wrong doorstep they d- yeah, they very rarely know which doorsteps, and then I'll go and have to I'll have to go and track it down. I'll get the notification to say it's been delivered, and I'll have to go out on a little food hunt. I feel a little bit like a, a stray fox. Well, it gets you some exercise, doesn't it? it? Gets you out of the house. Well, that's a real issue at the moment, actually, because I rely very heavily on my commute for um, getting my steps in. I tend to walk to the station and back again, and uh, that gets me a nice up and downhill walk. Uh, but uh, at the moment, I'm not getting that. Can I make a suggestion? Yes. Buy a drum set and play the drums. Yes, I could do that, but I can't play the drums. I meant learn to play the drums. Oh, right, okay. That sounds difficult. I don't have the coordination for it. That's a ridiculous excuse. It's not. I I think it's the best excuse. As long as you're putting physical effort into learning, then you're going to be burning off some calories. It doesn't matter if you're playing anything resembling music as long as you're hitting things hard. And you're, you know, you get cross a lot. It'd be a great way to both exert energy keep fit and be angry yeah no no totally agree well then go and do that um the other thing that's quite interesting about this story is grocery deliveries you know have i know that you and i spoke the other day about your frustration getting a delivery yes and my um what's who he's becoming as regular a mention on this show as david shaw uh, my <laughs> my friend lexi said that she was struggling to get a cardo to um to have a, a, a delivery in a reasonable time slot and then got an email from a cardo saying they're going to not bring deliveries in houses anymore so a cardo would normally bring your shopping in for you right and they're now saying they're not going to do that they're going to leave it at the doorstep there are t- there are two sides to this so uh yes i tried i wanted a book um a delivery because I I was aware that I wouldn't be able to leave the house, but I was also aware that uh, whilst I couldn't leave the house, I might as well make use of uh, home delivery, which is not something I like doing. I have to say, I don't like buying food on the internet and having it delivered. I, I I'm a I'm a peruser. I like to be in the shop, uh, but needs must etc. So I thought, oh well, I'll, I'll book a I'll book a slot and get a delivery. It won't it won't be more than a couple of uh, you know a, a day or so. In fact, it was. I think it was very nearly a week for one of them. Sainsbury's was particularly bad. Tesco, I managed to get a slot for tomorrow. So that was okay. But this was, I booked that on Thursday. So, you know, it really was, it did require some forward planning, which for me is, it's not my wheelhouse, frankly. Uh, the 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 other thing that I considered was um, Amazon Fresh. But as I told you they didn't have any slots for a couple of days either it wasn't quite as bad as Sainsbury's but it was it would have been after the weekend before I could get anything and you very helpfully suggested that I use just regular Amazon and in fact that was perfect Amazon now uh, had everything I really needed to get through the weekend 
um, and could deliver the next day. Specifically Amazon Prime now. Yes, uh, exactly. I don't think you can get Amazon now without Prime anyway, can you? It's a Prime-only service, as far as I know. I believe you need... Yeah, I think you need Amazon Prime. Uh, there There is a whole feature in how complicated Amazon makes literally everything. Uh, because one of the things that happens when you say you go to the Amazon website and you search for bread, well, you'll probably be uh, given bread via Amazon Fresh, which isn't the same as Amazon Prime now and is a much more involved service. You have to spend a certain amount to get delivery at all. You have to spend 40 quid, basically. You can subscribe to it for a monthly fee and then it's, I don't think the same rules apply. I don't think that's a problem because paying £40 means that you order more in one go, which is a far more efficient use of a of a home delivery service than if you're just ordering a bag of you know what i know you regularly order in which is just chocolate whiskey and toilet paper it, no and that's true and that's exactly what i ordered uh, it but it's it's just a point worth mentioning i think that these services are not cl- they're not they're very confusing if you're it's fine if you're us i i work through it i I understand the deal. I I dealt with it before, so I was also sort of vaguely aware of it. But even I came unstuck with the difference between Prime Now and Fresh. It's just there's too much stuff on Amazon. It's just confusing. Well, Nick Gassman has raised a couple of very interesting points in our live chat as we've been doing this. Um, He says he thinks it'll be interesting to see what permanent impact all this has on working from home and the tech to help with doing so, which I 100% agree with. I mean, I work from home quite regularly at at work anyway, and essentially doing a job as a journalist, you can do your work from wherever you have an internet connection and a computer or an iPad or something. Um, He also said with regards to the home delivery service is that presumably the the food delivery people, as in the Ocados and Sainsbury's and things, are going to have to leave the shopping in the bags. So bag usage might go up which is something that we have tried to 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 reduce the reliance well, of tesco tell me they don't do bags anymore so i'm basically gonna have to get it all out of the bottom of the stairs and then move it up piece by piece well there's a bit of exercise for you mate that's well that is bit. true yes yeah that's a benefit well um have you struggled to have your meals delivered to the correct doorstep or have you like ian had to go out with your heightened sense of smell or the nearest sniffer dog to find your whiskey your curry and your toilet paper um do let us know your experiences thus far we'll uh, look forward to discussing those on the next episode or perhaps in another extra message as ian and i did uh, most recently for patrons on thursday all of that can be sent to hello at uktechshow.com Chancellor Rishi Sunak announced this week the 20% tax on ebooks and online newspapers, magazines, and journals will be abolished on the 1st of December. This brings uh, those types of purchases into line with physical books and periodicals, which are already in the UK exempt from taxes. Uh, the BBC said it had learned that the tax abolition will not apply to audiobooks something that the Royal National Institute of Blind People said was, quote, disappointing. Now, on the face of it, I think this, and I mean this as in the ebook tax, not specifically the audiobook one, uh, seems like a fair move. Books have been exempt from value-added tax for decades, but ebooks didn't arrive really until long after the Value-Added Tax Act of 1994, which, believe it or not, Ian, I went back and read, but I know that you are intimately already familiar with. Yes, 
I mean, this is somewhat overdue, right? Well, it is in as much as we've had this tax break for books for years and years, and we've had ebooks for years and years. But yeah, one 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 char- you have to pay VAT on, and one you don't, even though it's the same thing. Only one's digital. There are a lot of things that tax, you know, that, that so-called value-added tax is applied to that probably isn't fair. Um, but this is this is a particularly good example, especially when you've got two things that are. Um, charged differently so for example i i i imagine that there's vat on music because it isn't an essential let's be honest i mean you could argue books on but i think they probably are um but you wouldn't have you know physical cds without vat and digital music with uh so it just feels like this is an entirely correct and proper way of addressing a disparity in charging i don't understand why digital books are more of a commodity item than written books well that now they're not so the, right, that, indeed and, and we can encourage people not to have trees chopped down there that's true and that's a, an environmental benefit but i was i was thinking about some of the negative connotations to this and right now high street bookshops have the benefit that there is an element of the pricing structure that they can use in favor of a sale in a way that amazon cannot and i think that by getting rid of vat on books which in the uk is 20 percent, let's not forget um by it's allowing amazon to even more to squeeze even more tightly the margins on a high street bookseller my experience is that bookshops are more expensive um and they don't seem to care that that's uncompetitive you would almost always be able to get a book on amazon the next day a physical book uh cheaper than you would be able to in a store i I've, i feel like the stores are i mean i'm not saying it's their fault necessarily because they have more overheads perhaps but i don't think that you know you, you don't think about a bookshop do you as being oh well i could go i could go and get a book and it would be cheaper um you'd have to be quite lucky and get a book on sale um and i i'm sure what a lot of people do is check on Amazon when they're in the bookshop and find out it's cheaper. Bookshops should just do price matching. Uh, if bookshops price matched with online stores, they would go out of business within about 10 seconds. I do agree. And I'm, I'm glad because I, I'm, I, 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 my daughter reads at such a rate now that um, I, would, I would like to give her her own Kindle so she can read as much as she wants. Uh, but of course, books are slightly more expensive on Kindle for that exact reason. So now they won't be, which is great. I think I think it's a good thing for everyone because it it just you know if books are very slightly cheaper, then people might be more prepared to take a risk on a book. Uh, that means probably more money for authors ultimately, and uh, it means that people can read a bit more and, and not have to worry quite so much about paying an extra twenty percent premium. Now, there's something interesting that you've just raised. Um, before the show, we were talking about that you were thinking of buying an electric keyboard for your daughter to to play piano because she's been learning to play piano and the uh the sheet music that she might like to learn with i believe is also exempt of tax as long as the music has been filled in i think if you buy the blank paper um it's subject to tax and if it's if it's sheet music it, isn't sheet music very expensive though yes because it, it includes the rights or something doesn't it there's there's some there's some mechanical rights that have to be paid for and that's yes why it costs a little bit more than it's you would true. expect but the actual the the, the music the but, but the scores themselves at least are exempt 
yeah from from that's BOT. An- another but, benefit for me this is this has all come up beautifully for morris shall we have i i've prepared i prepared a little something in I, i'm Go gonna on. call it's, it's, it's a little quiz i'm gonna call this the great british what is and isn't subject to value-added <laughs> tax bake-off just rolls off the tongue that name doesn't it shall we cue some shall we cue some uh, quiz music yes okay here it comes Right. Uh, this is. I'm going to name a type of product, Ian, and you have to tell me if you think it's subject to normal VAT or whether it is zero rated. Not exempt. A, cu- a careful thing. It's not exempt. It is zero rated. Okay. I'm excited. Okay. Let's do All this. Right. You, sh- you should be. Bicycle helmets. Uh, that would be zero rated. And why? Uh, because it's a safety uh, product, not a, a luxury. Yep, you're correct. It is a zero-rated item. Okay. Uh, stationary items. So that's y- your pens and uh, and things like that. I think that has VAT. Normal VAT. You're correct. It is a standard VAT. You're very good at You really know your tax. <laughs> okay, this is, a, this is an interesting one. Um, yep. Autograph albums without signatures in it. Oh, crikey. Um... Uh, uh, yeah, that that'd have that. You are right. I mean, they're just a notebook at the end of the day, aren't they? Autograph albums without signatures are standard VAT. Right, go on, carry on. I want more. Uh, autograph albums full of signatures. I mean, the fact that you've included it, no VAT. I mean, but that would be a second-hand item anyway at that point, wouldn't it? So would it wouldn't have that? Possibly, yes. But uh, but you're right. It is zero. It, they are zero rated. And uh, Nick Gassman in our chat room says the questions don't seem to be taxing Ian oh. very much. Oh, God. <laughs> well done, Nick. That is another good one. What about a bookmark, Ian? What do you think about that? I think a bookmark would have that on it, yes. You are correct. Yeah. Uh, what about then? So we've got we've got globes and we've got maps. Mm, do you think they are subject to VAT, exempt, uh, or, or or a different one for each item. Well, presumably they're both different. I'm assuming that um, a map would be VAT free, and a globe would be subject to VAT. You're absolutely, absolutely bang on. Yeah, globes not essential, and a map is essential, so it does not have VAT. And it's fair if you go for a drive, you tend not to navigate via globe. Uh, I mean, that would be a terrible way to navigate, unless you were driving to an entire other continent, and then even then it wouldn't be that useful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you want to get to Spain, just simply turn right at France. <laughs> 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 That'd be great. Okay, you're you're absolutely nailing this. Um, good, abs- good. I haven't cheated either. I, I promise you, I'm, I'm I'm respecting the rules of this game by not looking. Excellent. Well, let's do a, let's do a couple more here before we move on. Biscuits. Um, oh, this is a famous one, isn't it? Yeah, biscuits have VAT, but cakes don't. Uh, other way around, I think. Biscuits... Oh, is bi- it? Well, biscuits are zero rated, but only if they're not covered in chocolate. If you put chocolate on a biscuit, then it becomes subject to VAT. Now, you see, this was the problem with the Jaffa cake, wasn't it? Because the Jaffa cake people were paying VAT, and then they said, well, no, we shouldn't, because it's a cake, and cakes aren't subject to VAT, um, oh, because it has chocolate on it. And they were like, well, yes. And then the definition of a cake is something that goes hard if it's left out, whereas a biscuit goes soft or something. You're, 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 you're right. Um, if it's if it's if it's covered in chocolate, then it's then it's not it's not biscuit anymore, really. Grandma didn't survive on those in the war, and therefore that <laughs> is due. 
Uh, okay, last one. Well, we've sort of done this as well, road road maps, but um, we've we, we've covered those under maps, I suppose, and we said they were zero rated. Um, I, I did wonder if one could argue that digital maps should be exempt from this in the same way that we're talking about that being exempt from a, a, digital, a digital book. I'm just not sure if people are buying digital maps in quantities significant enough to make that necessary i think it's probably i mean you're right and i think it's probably because maps people are using for free aren't they because they're shoving them on their phones and the likes of google and apple have 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 made them a a, a free item buying a product that has the maps included like a a, a sat nav a tom tom or a garmin or something like that so yeah mm. so you'd be paying that tax if there was one on digital maps uh automatically we have absolutely nailed this, Ian. You have nailed it to the wall like uh, a big, successful picture frame. Well done. Is my prize a vat of something? Oh, very good. Very good. People are going to think this part of the show is scripted, and it absolutely 100% isn't. No, so, no, not at all. Well done. Um, I'll, maybe we'll do more quizzes in future. Who, who knows? Next week we'll say what tax bracket are you in and people can <laughs> write in and 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 hazard a guess um no it's very interesting do let us know any thoughts you have on this of course uh, we don't normally talk about vat uh, so much but that's also why we've done a quiz because it allows us to treat this with the well, the levity that we wish all of our topics to be discussed with is that a fair assessment ian yeah yeah absolutely all thoughts on this of course are welcome and uh any anecdotes you have about value-added tax, and I know you're just dying to send them in, hello at uktechshow.com. One of our favourite topics to talk about, Ian. Woohoo! Broadband. We haven't talked about broadband for a little while, and I'm very pleased to announce its uh, impending return. Uh, well, now. BT announced this week that it's going to launch a new gigabit fibre broadband service in the UK later this month. And in a press release, it said the service will form part of a new range of next generation full fibre plans that will initially be available across the UK. And I looked up the, 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 the cities that it's going to start rolling them out in initially. Belfast, Birmingham, Bristol, Cardiff, Edinburgh, Liverpool, Leeds, London and Manchester. That was alphabetically organised. Could you tell? You are very smart. And they're all going to start rolling out later this month. Two million households, apparently, which I believe is a lot more than Virgin is doing, which is only in... I want to say Coventry and Reading, but I'm pulling that off the top of my head, so I might be wrong. But it's certainly not in London because we talked about that in a previous episode. Mm. We don't have an idea on price, availability or upload speed, Ian, but we, we do know that gigabit is at least, it's over a thousand megabits per second. So, um, But I think it's going to be such a f small, even you know, with those numbers, it's still a relatively small number of people that will both be able to get it and desire it. Even I've run out of steam on the broadband but, thing. But, but I mean, BT saying, BT saying two million households. Now, two million households is, that's a, that is a lot of households to be able to get full fibre to the premises at launch. I think that's quite impressive. That's that's more than Virgin did when it rolled out this service. So if someone hasn't yet been able to get a, get Virgin Media's gigabit broadband, they're much more likely to get BT's. And that's that's certainly the reason I wanted to talk about it because it's it's rare that BT is ahead of Virgin in something like the rollout of extremely fast uh, uh, broadband services. Now, is this fibre to the home or fibre to the cabinet? 
This is fi- this is full fibre to the home. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, Virgin doesn't have a full fibre to the home service. It's it's possible to be uh, quite sceptical about Virgin as a as a fibre provider. It really isn't. Um, you're not usually very close to fibre optic cable at all on the Virgin network, but that doesn't matter because they've got another way of doing it, which is Doxis over coaxial, which is just as good. Um, Doxis 3.1, I think, isn't it, Virgin? Well, it is that these days, yeah. I think mm. I'm on 3.0 because I'm I'm got just got a 200 meg service, but uh, yeah, it, uh, it doesn't really matter how it gets there. I, uh, BT has slightly more issues in that VDSL is the uh, delivery method for fibre to the cabinet, and that. I think has maybe probably might struggle with gigabit speeds. I can't actually remember what the top speed is on that. And of course, it would very much depend on how far the cabinet is from your front door. KV uh, pointed out that um, Thatcher had a choice to roll out fibre to the home nationwide 30 years ago and didn't. Now, I didn't know that. Is that true? Yeah. So basically, the deal was that BT said that they would um, they would do it. They would do it as part of the you know, because uh, they were privatised by that point, but they would invest the money, roll out fibre across the UK. But in order to do that, they wanted the rights to send TV signals over it. So they would essentially become, at the time, they would have been, you know, they would have far outstripped any cable providers, probably even probably do now anyway. Um, the idea being that they thought they could make more money on TV uh, so that that would subsidise the extreme costs of fibring the whole of the UK, but apparently Thatcher didn't want them running, you know, having a a TV infrastructure business as well as a broad, you know, a telephone infrastructure business. So she nixed it and said that no, she wouldn't grant them permission. It is one of the stupidest decisions ever made, if it's true. Uh, so yeah, there. Well, the, the KV shared a Tech Radar article that I'm just skimming while we're recording this live, and she it, it said that Thatcher had decided that. BT's rollout of fiber optic would be anti-competitive because it had it had had a monopoly or would have had a monopoly, and it, it would be similar maybe to how the US um, monopolies had had rolled out, and so that was part of the reason for killing it as well. It's very well, interesting. true, but I mean, and and you, there is some truth in that because the the cable industry in this country has always been a bit deficient. Um, you know, the Americans rely very heavily on cable services because it's a very big country and, you know, having uh, broadcast TV wasn't always necessarily practical, especially if you were sort of serving a small area. It was easier and obviously a lot of towns and cities in America are a lot newer than the ones in this country. So, you know, putting down a, a new established cable infrastructure in a, a brand new town is not a, a big deal, whereas we didn't necessarily have that luxury. Um, so I can sort of see what she means because, you know, there wasn't a great infrastructure here, but there were other ways of getting TV. There was a you know vibrant over the air kind of thing, and and there were cable companies, and of course there was Sky. So I don't know. Well, yes, would there have been Sky then? No, probably not actually. Um, so yeah, I can sort of kind of see the logic, but at the same time, if so, if a company is offering to invest that much in infrastructure, I don't know why you wouldn't take it. But I guess you did need to know that the internet was going to be a thing. And at that point, they just didn't. Yeah. I mean, I think just to clarify, because we like to be accurate, I think Sky probably was around at that point. But it would have been... Yeah, it depends what year it was. When, when did B, they make it wasn't, the it was, Well, it wasn't B-Sky B, was it? It was Sky no, it was, and British yeah. satellite broadcasting. Well, that, but that, that only that lasted was, a year. So. Yeah, but that was late 80s. And this, I think, 
was probably a little later so maybe it was around this time but uh, but anyway that's probably uh, enough 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 for now um that article was written by my mate jay huh how oh, funny really? yeah the tech, the tech radar one uh yeah who i work with at forbes and did video with for some time wonderful man small world yes small world um Bringing this back to the Virgin versus BT debate, I found out only yesterday after doing the research for this story that Virgin has a 500 megabits per second service and it is available to me in my very home here. So I called them up and asked to upgrade and they said (sighs) that I could only get that if I took out their full TV package as well, which includes TV, a home phone and a sim card and i said well i don't watch tv i certainly don't need a phone line because i'm not 80 and (laughs) i've got a far better mobile service than you would ever give me anyway i may have been slightly more polite to the lady on the phone but um but i said no and i thought well that's ridiculous how is it that there's a technology available to me now that i will happily pay more for and bear in mind i'm already paying over 50 quid a month just for my broadband um and yet not offer it to me unless I take out what I would consider legacy services, i.e. television and landline. Pointless. So I told them to get stuffed, and then they offered me a discount if I didn't cancel. And I said, okay. So I got a bit of a discount on my line, um, which is quite nice because I wasn't going to leave anyway. But I just thought it was worth mentioning. Yes. Uh, I do think that's absolutely ridiculous, and I can't see why they hate money so much madness isn't it i asked if they could tell me what my average usage was on uh, on my line while i was on the phone to them and they said uh, that my peak my recent peak usage was just under two terabytes in the month of november mm, that is quite a bit isn't it it's quite a lot isn't it i thought so i mean i, I can see how this happens you know put a few backups online and uh, download a bit of tv and you're there um, I don't think my usage is quite that bad anymore. I've definitely toned down the amount of stuff I'm downloading and uploading. Although now I'm working at home so much, who knows? I do know in November I was still subscribed to Microsoft Game Pass and I think I probably downloaded a few games and some of those games are pushing 100 gig a piece. Oh, um, yes, it was actually, also that's cold. true. We were inside a lot, so I was watching quite a lot of movies and if you know, a 4K movie could be 50 gig or so depending on where you're getting it from yeah and i don't have a 4k tv so i don't do that yeah so it's quite a it's quite a lot but there we go if you have any views on this of course do let us know hello at uktechshow.com you're used to hearing the smooth velvet sound of nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup Topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an Ian Morris opinion. Supporters of the show at patreon.com forward slash UK tech enjoy second helpings every week. So pull up a chair, find your nearest spoon, and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment. If you have any allergies, please inform a waiter. dive into a bag of feedback 
this has been populated. Oh, we haven't done this for a while. We haven't done this for a little while, but the sack has been engorged with feedback from uh, an episode we did two weeks ago, Ian, in which we talked about broadband speeds. We didn't talk about these last week because Andy was on the show rather than you. I've saved them oh, for this bless. week, and I picked up. I picked out a couple of my favorites. Uh, the first came from Peter Reynolds, who said, Hearing about your gripes with your internet speed and prices made me feel rather smug. I'm on Vodafone's Gigafast connection in Milton Keynes, and I pay only £38 a month. We generally get over 500 megabits per second, uh, and that's 500 up and down. Nice. Sorry, Ian. Hey, that's okay, man. Look, uh, here's the thing about Milton Keynes. Uh, that place suffered for a really, really long time. And do you know why? Milton Keynes was um was a new town, wasn't it? So um what one of the uh, one of the things they did was they they used a, they used different kind of cabling. In fact, it, I believe and I think I'm right in saying this. Milton Keynes was a very early fibre uh, area, but it caused BT loads of problems because BT didn't do fibre broadband at the time. So basically, you would you you couldn't get ADSL down those cables, even though they were capable of high speeds. Uh, so it suffered for very many years uh being a real black spot in um in like internet access speeds so it's it's actually quite fitting and nice that they're finally able to enjoy uh, and reap the benefits of those uh, that early infrastructure Andrew Bradley says, just listen to your most recent show, and I think 50 megabit per second up is reasonable. 99% of people will not need more than that. Also, you said that upload to places like iCloud would be faster. This isn't always the case. You're still going to be limited by speeds on the other end. Most sites will not let you upload that quickly. Right now, I'm trying to upload a 4 gigabyte file to iCloud. If I was getting 50 megabits up... Um, and he says uh, his upload rate is actually much higher. It should take about 12 minutes. I'm six minutes in, he said, and my upload isn't even a quarter of the way there, so iCloud is throttling my upload speed. It doesn't matter if I have 50 megabits or 1,000 megabits up. I think if you upload through the iCloud web interface, it's very slow. If you upload using um, the app for either, um, well, it's built into our app, um, Mac OS, isn't it? Um, but if you're using a Windows PC, if you install whatever that iCloud helper thing is. I think it comes with iTunes, so sorry about that, which is probably why no one does it. Uh, I, I seem to remember the speeds on the uploads there are much better. When I upload this show to you, I tend to use the web interface, and it is a bit like pulling teeth, and I don't think it comes anywhere near my top speed. If you think about it, though, there's not really a lot of reason to cap an upload, is there? If you're if you're accepting files over the internet, you, you want them done as quickly as possible, really, because for one thing, it reduce, probably reduces the chance that you're going to get you know a, a break in the upload and you know either have to start again or you know do load of error correcting to fix any upload problems i i would imagine that most companies would just be perfectly happy to saturate most of their upload bandwidth to get files quicker um i suspect it's it's probably a bit more of a a technical problem than it is a an upload one well thank you to peter and andrew for your insights and comments very useful other people can send those as they always can to hello at uktechshow.com we are going to hear... Ooh, what is that? What is that? Can you hear that, Ian? Um, vaguely. It sounds like Tom Merritt telling us what's been happening on Daily Tech News Show this week. Tom! This week on Daily Tech News Show, Amazon's cashierless tech expands beyond Amazon into airport shops. How to keep your work-from-home setup secure. Telemedicine becomes an option for more people. How supply chain disruptions will affect tech long after the virus has abated. And a Danish robot that disinfects hospitals so you don't have to. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Thank you very much, Tom. Do check out DTNS. It's a great way 
to stay informed from your virus bunker. Ian, we discussed our virus bunker plans and our how we're dealing with uh, COVID-19 on Extra Message, which is going out, which is out now for patrons at patreon.com forward slash UK tech. You can uh, you can enjoy that. And thank you for being here, Ian. Always a pleasure. It has been your pleasure, hasn't it? So thank you. It certainly has. Uh, Everyone stay safe out there. 